Okay, good. Got the get the volume up in my ears there. That's where I like to keep my volume. Just jam that volume right up into your ears. Welcome to a special edition of Structured Irish. I don't know why I said it like that. Pat, I like my co-host, it. I'm Brian. I am. Today we're going to be talking about a movie <clears throat> called uh, Transformers Origins Bumblebee. Bumblebee. It's not actually what it's called. It's called. I think it's just called Bumblebee officially, but some posters say Transformers Bumblebee. And I also don't know why they capitalized the the second B in Bumblebee on in the logo. <laughs> We're so, just going yeah, with it, man. Let me just, just, let me just say it. I have a lot of gripes. Well, okay. All yeah, right. I'm glad we're going in. We're going in this way. That That's pretty much where the gripes end. Um, let me do a kind of a mostly spoiler free. Um, this is my take on the movie as a Transformers fan. Mm-hmm. Ready? Mm-hmm. As uh, our resident Transformers fan. Second best Transformers movie. Ooh, second best. Who's the best? Uh, 1986's The Transformers, the movie. Still beats beats this one. I will go ahead and say, uh, as a more casual Transformers fan, I heartily disagree and say Bumblebee is the best. Yeah, but as as someone who's only seen the 86 movie one time... Uh, I've seen it. I've seen it one time in the theater all the way through. Mm -hmm. I've seen it other times if you link together... You know, me not caring about it a lot. <laughs> exactly. So um, this movie did a lot of things right that the Michael Bay movies did wrong. Uh, this is a Travis Knight movie. Michael Bay is um, so his name is on the producer list, but he's so uninvolved that it's not even called Michael Bay's Bumblebee. <laughs> right. Uh, Which it could have been. It could have been, yeah. I'm sure. <clears throat> so he's basically completely not involved in this. They redesigned all the uh, robots. Um, oh god and it looks so good they look so much better um the plot is like like it shouldn't have to be like i shouldn't have to be fawning over this but like the plot is like scenes flow from one to the next and they're not they don't change abruptly and where your Mm -hmm. eye is focused isn't like shooting all around the screen and (laughs) you know there's not like random explosions and the, the robots are like very specifically brightly colored in different colors yes. so that you can follow yes, what's going are. on and i they, in this movie i never had any trouble distinguishing one robot from another mm-hmm. not for a second <laughs> <clears throat> yeah and it, it was it was very good like the plot was endearing um like yeah. I, I always wanted more transformers and fewer humans but this was a very good um like this a feels ba- like a balance was struck because you know i i and not to cut you off but the um, I feel like we had the best ensemble of a likable robot and a likable human together mm-hmm. that we've ever had in one of these movies before. Because it's always like, it's the Shia LaBeouf show, <laughs> guest starring the Autobots, you know. And it's it, it was it was very much like the Autobots, are like, hey, I'm Optimus Prime. Look at me, I'm over here. And then Shia LaBeouf's like, I'm Shia LaBeouf. And you know that you 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 were forced to just kind of sit between those two things happening, 
Um, with this, like with Charlie and Bumblebee, the fact that I remember Charlie's name is huge. Mm-hmm. I am not a character guy. Because like I never, you know, connect with with characters. And all the times that you and I have talked about Transformers movies, you have never said Shia LaBeouf's character's name. Yes, it's true. I don't know it. I don't. I don't. I honestly don't know what his name was. Exactly. But but Charlie was such a fleshed out person that you felt for her. You you experienced this movie with her, and it, again, like it wasn't so much that you were taken, you know, like sometimes, like, well, we need a human character, so he understands, but that's not what it was, you know. It you were on an emotional journey with both of these characters from the get go, mm-hmm. you know. We we open, you know, let's 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 just get let's dig into it. Are we ready? We're, are we spoiler free? We both liked it. Um, yes, I Spoiler think we free both, review. We it both was liked awesome, it and we both liked it. I, Pat and I uh, saw it together with. Um, I saw it, my son was with us, and Pat's daughter was with us. And, yes, uh, oh, they both God. enjoyed it. It was, I think, my son's second movie in the theater after Teen Titans Go to the Movies. Nice, um, and nice. he really liked it. He only looked away during like some fight scenes. Um, yeah, and my, my daughter talked <laughs> about Bumblebee nonstop. Yeah. <laughs> He told Ed, Edwin's um, description of the movie later when my wife asked him about it was he said um, it was mostly good, but it was mostly scary. <laughs> That's very cute. I like that. Um, yeah, so he covered his eyes during the fight scene at the end. And then this is not really a spoiler because it was in all the commercials. But the part where Bumblebee is like just trying to get through a living room and basically wrecks everything. Yeah. He yeah. covered his eyes for that because I think he was just super embarrassed it happens it happens sometimes you're witnessing something you're like oh my god he's gonna i I just this is a feeling i'm sure there's a word for it somewhere but i distinctly remember having this feeling like every time i watched the wonder years i would just every time i would love this show i would watch it all the time but while watching it i always was so uncomfortable because i was like he's gonna get in so much (laughs) trouble (laughs) and and the knowledge that he was going to get in that much trouble made me uncomfortable so i'm i'm with him i I get it i get it all right all right all right well sound the spoiler alarm and we'll all right uh, everybody spoiler alert wow wow (laughs) it's a new spoiler alert we're working rusty i have to pull Um, that out a little more often yeah there you go so um the movie starts out in the best way possible oh my god it 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 really does because again you know we are we brian and i sat together watching the first live action transformers movie and and i remember you know this this, you can't rewrite history we liked it when Mm -hmm. it happened Mm -hmm. we were like wow transformers they wow now again this was a world this was a world in which superheroes only wore black leather and (laughs) you know it, it was a long time ago it was a long time ago it was and that it you know, I think it's it the things that became solidified as like the Michael Bay aesthetic were not as strong in the first movie. Like it wasn't, I think, after Revenge of the Fallen and then you get into Dark of the Moon and you're like, okay, so this is this was not just like a mistake or like a fluke. Yeah, this is a pattern. I see. Okay. And then you go back and you start to, you know, you see the cracks in the first movie and everything. But right. you know, it was it was like everybody was also at least the Autobots were bright and colorful and right. the big battle scene takes place during the day in the daylight and you can <laughs> mostly see what's going on. And, for sure. You know, for this, sure. This was, uh, you know, revolutionary. 
Um, but so anyway, Bumblebee is not the first movie to start out on Cybertron in, in a flashback, but it is the first movie to start out on Cybertron um, in a showing you something that is both um, comprehensible <laughs> and uh, just exciting. Very cool. Right. Now, um, I, I I wanted to ask you about this. This, yeah. is, this is something I I've, I found interesting, and I personally, uh, upon watching it, I didn't care. Okay, but I did notice there was no attempt. And again, this is this goes back to the cartoon show. They never did it on the cartoon show, which is what probably why I'm really cool with it. But there was never even an attempt to be like they are. They're they're definitely speaking English the whole time. Like nobody is ever like, wait a second, what? <laughs> you know, like when when we see later on in the movie when we see the the Optimus Prime uh, hologram show up, Charlie understands every word he's saying. Yeah. So they are one hundred percent speaking English. <laughs> you know, so this movie breaks continuity. Uh, so first off, you can't see it, but I'm. I'm doing air quotes when I talk about Transformers continuity because <laughs> the continuity between the first five movies is tenuous. Right. But this movie specifically breaks continuity in a couple of interesting ways. Um, particularly interesting because it specifically keeps certain bits of continuity. Um, and I don't know why they bothered, but because uh, they really should have just started over. They honestly should have. But I think they just didn't <clears throat> want to jar people. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, I, I assume that they're going to go with whatever they're because, I mean, this movie is making money. It's critically a hit, you know, mm-hmm. so I, I obviously I think they're going to move forward with this model. They yeah, and they really should. And frankly, like this, I, I say this follows the X-Men first class model, just like keep what you want, but feel free to just throw out whatever you want. You know, from now right. on, this movie is the thing you got to keep continuity with anything else who cares forget about it don't worry about right. it right so if the, you if it works for you go ahead and say that was it but other than that just go just yeah go. so the the thing that they i'll just go because this is kind of part of the first scene so one mm-hmm. of the things that they keep in continuity is that megatron is not in the opening scene uh which right. is a, a fight between autobots and decepticons on cybertron and he's not there because Travis Knight specifically wanted to keep that continuity of Megatron would be on Earth by now, uh, frozen under in the in the dam. Yeah, he right. should be under the Hoover Dam. But it is <clears throat> it is worth noting that they never say that. No, they you know, don't. They're, they're, nobody is ever like, "Where's Megatron? Oh yeah, he's frozen on Earth." <laughs> you know, there's never that moment right. of and, you know, and 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 to further that. I would even say, because later on in the movie, you know, you know, again, spoiler alerts have been announced. Uh, later on in the movie, they're just like, well, we're going to blow this shit up. We're just going to blow up Earth. Mm-hmm. And so if they had any inkling that that he, he was even in the system. Right. Don't you think they would have checked? <laughs> right. Um, so the, so where it, where it breaks is that they kept that. But then later on the the place where they go to let shatter and dropkick the main decepticons in the movie like get into the computers and stuff and we'll talk about that but uh-huh. that's that is specifically stated to be sector 7 right uh and whose entire existence is because megatron is on earth but they all act as if they've never seen transformers before right they're like what is this yeah. now 
is Sector Seven a purely movie construct? Because I, I don't, I don't know these things. Is, yeah, is Sector, there, is Sector there Seven any... is a is a Michael Bay invention or a okay. you know okay. Roberto Orsi invention, Kurtzman. All right, yeah. So that's <clears throat> that's another thing that they obviously were like, yeah, yeah, we're gonna keep hold of that. Mm-hmm. I don't know, I don't know why. There's really no good reason why, but we're gonna go ahead and I what I was kind of hoping. Now I, I know this was this was lofty of me to hope for i was kind of hoping that they would give us kind of a like a, a backdoor way into gi joe you know to to give us kind of a reboot of gi joe because I, I mean there's, don't they? there's always a military aspect you know and so i was like well maybe when maybe this time when the military gets involved like at the end we're gonna find out that john cena's name is duke or something you know it would be really cool <laughs> but uh but no none of that happened so you know, it, it's always next time. <laughs> always they, did next so, time. they did so much right with this movie. These little things that I'm I'm pulling at are just because I need to gripe about something, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, the, okay, so again, Cybertron, no, no garble, no, you know, no <laughs> with subtitles right. underneath. <laughs> mm-hmm. It was they were speaking English. It was never. Like I said, the only reason I questioned it later, I was like, I was like, huh, I could, I could get past all of that as like, yeah, you just, you know, cause obviously you'd understood them. But when I went, Charlie saw the, the Optimus Prime talking to Bumblebee and Bumblebee just, you know, understands, but again, like I can get past that. I can get like what transformers just have, you know, transmitters in their head that translate everything for them. Great, great, perfect. You know, but then Charlie just understood Optimus Prime talking that's that's where i was just like "Eh, you know i'm not gonna push it because i don't care that much you know Mm -hmm. but if this was a michael bay movie i would totally call bullshit on that and so i'm trying to keep myself honest okay i'm sorry um but anyway so cybertron Mm -hmm. fucking amazing looking everything is beautiful exactly the way i i envisioned it based on the cartoon show Mm-hmm. They're uh, and they've like they modeled the the area that they're in where this fight takes place is modeled um enough that like a a, a hardcore Transformers fan would know they're an icon. Like the like they're just uh, the way the arch- Transformers fan. Yeah, I think I I have a hardcore Transformers fan. Do you? So I you're right here. So obviously that's true. <laughs> well, I just told you. <laughs> As a hardcore Transformers fan, you easily <laughs> picked out where they were. I, as not a hardcore Transformer fan, was like, hey, they're on some kind of metal robot planet. Cool. <laughs> um, uh, so Bumblebee, he's voiced. He has a voice at this point. He's voiced by a guy doing a Will Friedel impersonation. <laughs> right. I believe it is actually the guy from the new Teen Wolf show, right. if, if, if memory serves. Um, but I did. I also thought he sounded a lot like Wilfried. For we got I was for Dallin, but I'll take you. I think word it's for I don't know. I'm Whatever. bad at pronunciation. I'm if, bad at pronunciation. You know what? We'll just wait and let him call into the show and correct us. It'll yeah, exactly. We'll <clears throat> get on that. Um. So we get to see uh, RC, uh, Wheeljack. Um, yeah, I'm gonna. I, Braun, this was one of those one of those things where Ironhide. while I, I was Ironhide watching was it. I, I couldn't tell you for sure, but while I was watching it happen, I just remember being like, wow, all of these are instantly recognizable to me. Hmm. 
I don't know who they are. <laughs> but it's like, I've seen that toy. I've seen that toy. I've seen that toy. I've seen that toy. Like that. It was, it was great. It was great to not have to be like, now, Brian, who was that supposed to be? And Brian showing me a picture and being like, oh, I, I can see kind of the coloring. <laughs> yeah, no, you can definitely <laughs> tell. You know who Shockwave is. Clearly, right. Soundwave is very oh. was was awesome oh, with Ravage, um, Starscream, sound- and all most of his Seekers were there, including sound an wave. odd Acid Storm cameo. <laughs> Soundwave and Ravage, they that touched my heart. the <laughs> The only thing that they could have done better is if Cosmo could have been flying around in the background somewhere. Honest to God, I was just like, oh, it's perfect. It was just. Everything I'd ever wanted out of because I'm not, you know, I'm not that big of a Transformers fan, but I love Soundwave. I love them. <laughs> it, it was everything I could have ever asked for, except for they. I wish that Frank Welker would have voiced him. Uh, what's his name? Did a great job. John what is Bailey. His name? John Bailey. I, mm-hmm. was, I, I, was, the, I knew it was John. The Honest Trailers uh, voice guy. He did, a, guy. He, he did an amazing job fantastic job but i still don't understand why frank welker wasn't given the opportunity maybe he turned it down i don't know maybe he was like i'm not into it i don't know Mm -hmm. but um i i personally would have it would have put me over the moon you know i'm i'm right there i'm on the moon (laughs) Mm -hmm. this would have put me over the moon so um thankfully thank any anyone who who had any hand in it but uh peter cullen remains Optimus Prime. And as, as long as they do that, they, they pretty much got me in, in a happy place somewhere, you know? Uh, but again, these designs are just spot the fuck on, you know? Like there's always, you know, a tweak where you go from cartoon or comic book or what have you to movie, you know? And there are the good tweaks and the bad tweaks. You know, you got... Most of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, those are good tweaks. You know, you're watching them. They they give you at least a taste of what you're after. And then they they augment from there and you're okay with it because you're like, it's 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 great. It's great. You know, mm-hmm. um, and then, you know, you have like the Michael Bayisms where it's like, I'm giving Optimus Prime a mouth. <laughs> you're like, you motherfucker. <laughs> Did he ever show a mouth in this movie? I don't think so. I don't know, though, because I wasn't paying that much attention to it because I was just I was <laughs> enthralled in the movie. Um, I'm going to look it up and I'm going to see. I'm gonna so, here, so. So I'm never going to get this image out of my head. But someone pointed out that at the very tip of <clears throat> the CGI model of Optimus Prime, the way his nose, well, I guess it's his nose. It's like the tip of his uh, mouth plate is flat. And then there's like these two like uh, lines that go out from it. Um, and basically it he looks like an anime puppy dog. If you just focus on those, uh, details and I'm not going to show you the picture because huh. you'll never, you'll never get it out of the, out of your mind. I appreciate that. I appreciate that. Um, I, okay. Looking at the, the models, um, for, for Optimus, all of them have the face played up. Mm-hmm. So I don't believe at any point in this movie, we saw him, uh, sends, faceplate now again i'm okay with the odd like you know maybe at, at, at some point like the faceplate comes down and he's like yes Autobots, i have a mouth <laughs> you know he, but uh but i i prefer him <laughs> to look look like he's supposed to 
like right now, right here. The know? only um like in the IDW uh continuity, um, the only time he takes his faceplate off is um on purpose, because it gets punched off a few times or broken. But uh the only time he takes it off on purpose is to have a drink in a bar. <laughs> I, that's that's okay. I like that. I like the idea of that. You know, something like that, I'm okay with. As long as, for the most part, he keeps that faceplate on, we're we're in we're in good uh, good space. Um, again, you know, now just since I'm I've got the the images up here. I mean, Soundwave is so fucking good. So Bumblebee, uh, Optimus tells Bumblebee he's he found this planet. Off out in the middle of nowhere. Certainly, uh, my sworn enemy is definitely not already there. And also, <laughs> also the primary MacGuffin of our race is also definitely not already there. Right. So I need you to go to this backwater planet and, uh, <clears throat> uh, you know, scout it out. And FYI, just so you know, um, there's also not already a bunch of Decepticons there uh, working with humans one of which is Soundwave, who we're fighting right now. <laughs> Continuity. Wink. Um, so one one of the other areas, I'll just get this out of the way right now, and I'm totally fine with this one, but um, in the in the very in the movie right before this one, there's a big point to showing that Bumblebee is not just a scout. He's actually like a hardened warrior, and mm-hmm. they show this because he and Hot Rod fought in world war ii with humans <laughs> yes absolutely and this movie and they absolutely do not because he comes to earth in like 1987 or whenever he yep. arrives 87 yep and again i i couldn't they have come in 80 when did transformers actually launch 84 or 83 84 84 like why why <laughs> that, that is that is one of those things where it's like yeah 87? Come on. I would have to Come check, on. but I suspect that they were probably like, we have a specific group of music that we want to show or that we right. want to have in this movie. And so the movie needs to be set at the, at this year. Right. Otherwise, when did the Smiths the, come out? Yeah. Uh, yeah and that, that's, <laughs> that, was, that was a big one for them. They were like, yeah, yeah. I don't like the Smiths. So I know unpopular. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. But, I don't know. This is one of my favorite things about this movie. Uh, Bumblebee's original name before Charlie gives him the name Bumblebee is B-127. Uh-huh. Okay, so the B, obviously Bumblebee, you know, it's just B, right. whatever. Uh, <clears throat> as far as I can tell, 127 is a random number, and there's it means nothing. But okay. being a Transformers, like a Transformers fandom, you know, as a whole, mm-hmm. tries to find meaning in these things, and so everyone is trying to figure out what is the significance of the 127. Mm-hmm. And I love it because they're like they're like tearing oh. their hair out. No, nobody is nobody's come up with anything yet. No, I don't think there is a meaning. I think it's just a random number. Well, but you you just got to have head cannon. That's all. You know, just like oh, okay, good. Whew. Whew. Well, the, so, I'm, I'm so glad somebody said it because now the whew, the I'm reason sleep at night. the reason is like it, the in in a lot of Transformers continuity. Um, whenever they're like really deep into the war at this point, there's like they're like cranking out transformers very quickly to fight in the war and they don't have time to name them all. So they get a number. And then at some point, if they live long enough, they get a name Mm -hmm. basically, you know, someone will give them a name or a nickname or they'll claim a name or something. So Bumblebee hasn't been around long enough to get a name, but like 
you know, when people look at those numbers and stuff like that, they're usually like, oh, well, what was his, um, what was his original Japanese ID number in the toy line? You know, uh-huh. trying to figure out why, why those numbers, they yeah. have to have a reason. Right. Why, that, why specifically some. that number? Right. But as far as I can tell, it doesn't mean anything. Maybe we'll yeah, find out uh, some other time, but I have no idea. Probably not. I think, I think we're probably good with just leaving it alone. Yeah. So, so Bumblebee flies to Earth. Uh, he lands. He hides. Not really very well because he's. He happens to just. He happens to land like right in the middle of a uh, military troop. Uh, what are they? CIA? I don't remember what they are. I don't know, but they're having a fun little exercise that gets just ruined. Yeah. And the the main character, uh, John Cena's character, is named Agent Burns. So I assume he was FBI or CIA or something. I don't remember. So, oh well. Hard to say. Um, so yeah, so they chase Bumblebee um, because they think he attacked them. And then uh, Blitzwing shows up. He followed Bumblebee to Earth. And Blitzwing... See, this, this is the part that is a little bit disappointing because everyone talks about, oh, these are the first triple changers in a Transformers movie. Um, which they're not because Drift was a triple changer in the fourth movie. Um, <clears throat> but you know what? I never cared to know that. <clears throat> well, hey, Pat, it's, guess what? Just, it's one of those things that Pat, <clears throat> if yeah. this is if if we're uh, taking this the way we should, uh, this is the first movie with a bumblebee in it. Because the oh. other ones don't count anymore. So, hey, I'm I'm down with that. <laughs> right. I am cool. down with that. I'll tell you what else. This is the first movie with the Bumblebee I always wanted to see. Volkswagen Beetle Bumblebee. Mm-hmm. So there we go. <clears throat> At least now we know why uh, Bumblebee had it out for that poor VW Beetle at Bernie Mac's garage. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he's like, stupid first form I had here. Bleh. Except for that Jeep that I was for like five minutes. <laughs> uh, or apparently like the World War II uh no, uh, tr- no, that didn't vehicle. happen anymore. <laughs> um. So anyway, so Blitzwing shows up, and this is this was disappointing because Blitzwing is canonically a triple changer. Uh, but oh. in this movie, he's just a Starscream modeled seeker. So that was kind of disappointing. Um, but I don't care. There's enough good about this movie that any nitpicks I have, like I'll nitpick the other movies because I hate them. Um, right, right. That's what I'm, I, I've said this many times. It's uh, it's all a matter of how much you enjoyed something, <laughs> whether if you're going to let them get away with little little stuff or if you're going to really harp on that little stuff. So you remember in the first movie when Bumblebee like talks at the very end because Ratchet uh-huh. like gradually yeah. fixed his voice box and then I want they to just stay with the boy. Yeah. And then they just threw that out. Yep. I felt watching that first movie that the shtick of Bumblebee not being able to talk was good for about one movie's worth of character building. Sure. And sure. having it go on and on and on and then start to infect the other, like, oh, and now he can't talk on Rescue Bots and he can't talk on Transformers Prime and he oh, can't talk really? on Transformers Cyberverse. And he can't, like, that's the, like, the, it just infected everywhere. It's the Bumblebee thing now, huh? Yeah, so thankfully he still talked in the comics, but, like... Phew that's that would be that would be really hard to pull off in the comics (laughs) it was hard enough in the comics based on the movies because they would have to like just write the lyrics of songs and you had to wonder if these were real lyrics or um 
so they Blitzwing tears out his voice box, and then you're just like, oh, that's that's how that happened. Now the mystery is solved. Right, because that we everybody was wondering when what happened. I was never wondering. I was just like, yep, he can't talk. All right, cool. What else is going on? Mm-hmm. So then he turns into a Volkswagen Beetle, and he's unconscious for a little while. Right. But yeah, so I'm, what I'm really hoping is if this is a rebooted continuity that we can give him his voice back because the thing that I always hated about Bumblebee in the other movies, and I, I specifically paid attention to it in this movie, um, in the other movies, a lot of times he basically becomes just like a puppy, you know, like he can't communicate. And so he, the way they just portray him as is like, well, he just responds to commands. You know, he, he acts instinctually. He can't like, you know, he can't communicate. And so he's just, he's basically, he's, he's like, Sam treats him like a pet, you know? Right. Right. And in this movie, he does a much better job of being like a, something you can, uh, you know, you, you feel for him and he, as he's learning to communicate and then you start to see his personality come back out and it, it helps that you got to see him talk at the beginning. Sure. So what I'm hoping is if this goes on that, he does actually just get to talk after a while because the lack of voice, uh, it really is starting to, it's getting pretty annoying. I agree to me and you. Yes. (laughs) Yeah, it's it's definitely not my favorite, uh, you know, MacGuffin. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it, it's like I feel like they had to do it for this because that would have been like a, a big WTF for people uh-huh. who saw the other movies, you know, to just be like, oh, I thought he couldn't talk, you know. But like, what if he lost his voice at the end of this movie? And then, sure, know, sure. What I, I like I said. At this point, I just hope that they keep going forward and we're going to see less and less of the Michael Bay uh, world infect this one. Mm-hmm. And this this one can give birth <laughs> to, to a new idea of continuity as we go forward. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so again, so where, where are we at this, in the story at this point? We're, now you know, we're switching um, over to Charlie. Right, we get Charlie. Charlie, again, has an instantly um, touching story. You know, we don't know when she lost her dad, but recently-ish. Yeah, fairly recently. You know. Um, enough, and, enough time has passed that she's, um, <clears throat> and her, her, her mother has gotten gone. remarried. Yeah. <laughs> well, well, I never understood for sure if they got remarried. Um, Wikipedia I, I, says I they're married. If, I don't know. Okay. Maybe, maybe, that was, maybe that was an assumption. Um, but I, I never saw anything that made me believe that they were actually married. Um, but it, whatever. Um, they, so, mom has moved on. Daughter hasn't. Um, again, this this kind of hits home all you know anytime there's father daughter stuff because I have a daughter you know that's <laughs> it, it's it's instantly gonna pull me in closer um, where you know when that happens and so um, yeah I, I really like I was like oh god what if what if I die I I wasn't building a car with my daughter what's she gonna have I should start building a car with my daughter. I don't want to build a car. <laughs> I need to give my daughter something to obsess over after I'm gone so that she can't exactly. move on. Exactly. Exactly. Clearly. Um, but, but, you know, um, so 
it's I don't know. It's an interesting uh, a dead parent is always an interesting quick fix. Disney pioneered mm-hmm. the, you know, make this this character more, uh, you know, relatable, knock off at least one parent. <laughs> mm, yep. Um, and Oops. so, you know, so she's, she's got the typical teenage angst, but amplified by. Right. This feeling of loss. Beautifully done 80s teenage punk angst. Mm-hmm. Um, again, very, very well done. Um, one of the things and see this, this again, probably has a lot to do with the fact that I'm the father of a, of a little girl. Um, I loved the treatment of Charlie in this movie, especially in the stark contrast of virtually every female character in the Michael Bay, anything he's ever touched. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. All the Ninja Turtle movies and everything. Yeah. yeah. Every everything, uh, everything that boys, his, yeah. his uh, smarmy hands have ever touched has had this very obviously, you know, like, hey, she's a lady. She's here for me to ogle. <laughs> um, there were so many opportunities in this movie to force something like that to happen. Mm-hmm. And, and even the even the same with not just Charlie, but like with the quote unquote the hot girls at school, you sure, know that sure. that are antagonizing her most of the movie. Like they're they're wearing like typical eighties, like the most risque thing you would wear in the eighties right. as a teenager. But um, they're never like framed as like oh let's just look at her butt, exactly, you know, or let's just there, focus on uh, yeah. Again, Charlie Charlie is a um. She's working on cars. She's, you know, there are several times that we we come uh, to her character and she's in bed. You know, every single one of them was handled exactly the opposite the way most of Hollywood, I would say, even handles because she's she they they go out of their way. And I remember when the trailer hit because Brian had this thought and I was like, I, I'm right there with you. Um she specifically states that she's 18 years old mm-hmm. and in a Michael Bay movie, you're, you're thinking, Oh, 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 mm-hmm. why do we have to go there? Why do we have to say that she was 18? Oh right. God. It's like what's you're, coming? you're getting into there's that, be, you're getting into that territory of the, yep. There's, there's the guy in the fourth movie. Who's like, no man, it's not statutory rape. I got the law in my pocket so that I could right. show people right. like that's more creepy. And that's a Michael Bay thing. Yeah. Yeah. Michael Bay has that card in his wallet, I'm sure. But (laughs) uh, that's that's a legend. Please don't. (laughs) Um, But again, the the, the point here is that Charlie is handled the way I remember being, you know, and I wasn't an 18 year old in the 80s. But when I was a kid, (laughs) 18 year olds didn't mean that you were an adult and that you were you know, out there throwing your shit around, <laughs> you know, it was, it was, it was the way, the way Charlie was, was put out there. You know, like when we, when we found her in bed, she was wearing like long boxer shorts and, and socks up to her knees and a t-shirt, you know, what normal humans go to bed in. Right. She wasn't wearing like a tight tank top and a thong. Like mm. Michael Bay would have had you believe that's how or, people go to or bed. a shirt, and then you're wondering if she's wearing any bottoms at all. Exactly, exactly. Like those, those are 
things that you could they could have easily pressed into and i am just so thankful that they didn't you mm-hmm. know and it, it's so weird that i have to say that that i have to put that out there that i'm thankful that they didn't redonkulously objectify this poor girl um but uh, you know they they took it several steps further which i think i personally i thought it was great i thought everything they did with her character was awesome um i really liked right up to the very end of the movie the very end of the movie you know we had the the love interest fella mm-hmm. who was not really a love interest you know like they like they they went out of their way to give us that you know there was a point where she went and kissed him on the cheek and he's just like you kissed me and she's like on the cheek <laughs> like literally she says that mm-hmm. uh, and then at the end of the movie like she's doing like the the I'm looking out over the horizon kind of thing. And he comes up next to her and real like suavely, like reaches over and holds her hand. And she's like, we're not there yet, (laughs) which is totally how it would have gone in real life too. You know what I mean? Like they did not have, they, they had a real life type adventure that obviously got them closer, but they didn't know each other the day before. Right. There was no reason for them to be like, yep, we're in love now. Right. It's it's the exact opposite of, uh, now I can't remember Shia LaBeouf's character's name. Doesn't matter, does it? <laughs> Sam and Michaela, who, right. uh, you know, who are just like, yeah, we, you know, don't really know or like each other, but we fought Transformers, so I guess we're dating now. Well, and you know that's that's a it's a very Hollywood thing to do. You know, it's it's uh, and it's not wholly unbelievable that you could go on a life changing adventure with somebody and not come out like feeling like closer to that person. Mm-hmm. But it's much more realistic to believe that you would not just instantly be like, "Well, we're gonna bang now, aren't we?" <laughs> you know, and there's it, no, it's just there's no there's. Um, I hope I'm not going to. Um ruin the previous movies for you now by saying this bad but this movie doesn't have a uh creepy um off authorial insert character as in like there's there doesn't seem to be any character in this movie that is supposed to be travis knight whereas i'm not i'm not sure if you ever picked up on this but uh michaela baines is awfully close Uh to michael Uh bay yep yeah i'm i'm with you i'm with Mm -hmm. you weird that he decided she was the one not the dude mm-hmm. but uh yeah no i i again i and it, it's interesting i was just listening to um several videos actually in a row um about the state of strong female characters in uh in cinema today and how actually characters like ray from star wars are doing almost a disservice and the reason the, you know, I don't fully agree with their reasoning, but I, I see where they're coming from. Um, their reasoning is basically if your character is not as good as Ripley from Alien, mm-hmm. <laughs> then it's not worth it. And hmm. and here's here's the thing. I'm, when, I'm, I'm kind of I'm following this here. Yeah, I mean, it's it's not bad. It's not bad. Ripley was not actually originally, you know, I, I found this out not too long ago. Ripley was not written as a male or female character. Technically, Ripley was written as a, a male character, but it was never explicitly stated 
that it was a male or female character in the script. And so when they went to cast for it, you know, um, well, what's her name? Damn it. Ellen Ripley. <laughs> the actress. Sigourney Weaver. Sigourney Weaver. Um, when Sigourney Weaver came in for it, they Sigourney were like, she's, <laughs> yeah, she's wonderful. Great. Give her the, give her the part. Um, but what they, they go on to say is she is never supposed to be anything but that person who does the right thing, you know, logically. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and she's not, you know, necessarily, um, you know, like your hero cop who got shot 37 times and is still doing okay. <laughs> you know, she is a, a person first, not a female, not a male, but a person. And you go on that journey with her as a person, mm-hmm. you know, and I feel like Charlie is is handled very similarly. It's not that she's a girl having this adventure or not. It, it could easily that whole the whole character could have been switched and been a dude and not much would have changed. Well, I mean, they did that 10 years ago and uh, it was a little bit more annoying. <laughs> but th- what I'm saying is specifically with this script. Yeah, no, I, I'm, I'm you. <laughs> but, uh, you know, it's, it's very interesting. It's very interesting. So when they, you know, when they go out of their way with like a, a Ray or even a wonder woman, um, to say like, this is not just a person, this is an icon. We're creating a female character icon. Um, you, you're, you're feeding things to that character rather than letting them come to it on their own. You know, mm-hmm. when you, when you look at it through those eyes, it really doesn't make sense why Ray is doing any of the things that she's doing in the movie other than the plot needs her to. Yeah. Well, that's a, that's a star Wars movie for you. You know, well, sure. But you know, like they're, it's they're, the force. The it's force. the force. The force. It's awake. It's awoken. And you know, but the, you know, not to get too far off topic here, when, when, we're dealing with Charlie though. It does feel organic. Like it just feels like this is you know, what would happen you know if these things happen with, you know, within you know, this person. Do you know no, why? why? Tell me. This Please. movie was written by a woman. Oh, well, there you go. There you <laughs> go. They, the, I, I have a suspicion. I don't have the evidence, uh, like, you know, hard evidence, but I have a feeling that women know how to write women characters in a realistic and not over the top manner. Probably, I would. I would say. Uh, so I would say that's a. There's a good chance of that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, Given the evidence that we have before us right now, I'd have to say yes. <laughs> yeah. So with with one data point in front of us, right in right. front of us right now, I'm sure there's <laughs> many others out there's, there. There's there there are plenty others, both pro and con. But so anyway, uh, speaking to speaking speaking to, I don't know why I said that. Speaking of, and speaking I don't even know why I said that because I'm moving away from what we're talking about. On the uh, uh, Charlie, she's upset uh-huh. about not having a car because if she had a car, right. she'd go places. She's got a bike, like a mo- like a moped, like a yeah, a moped bike, which uh, is actually pretty sweet. I would have been ecstatic to have a moped bike. I know she that part of part of her character that did bother me was I was just like, man, I remember being like a spoiled entitled brat. Like she's fairly <laughs> realistic, but I was like, man, this is annoying. <laughs> right, um, but anyway. Uh, so she goes, uh, she works at like a 
banana stand or something, frozen banana stand. Uh-huh. Um, but she for, always she goes, money in the banana stand. Exactly. She goes to <laughs> um, this like junkyard repair place and you know to get parts to work on her car, and she sees right. that there's an old Volkswagen Beetle there. And uh, now, can I ask? I, I got to ask one more question because this is this is one of those weird things that uh, they they say it real fast, and I, I'm never sure if I took it the right way. Was that her uncle? I don't think so. I think he was unrelated she, to her. She referred to him as Uncle Somebody when she was talking to her mom later about where the car came from. Oh, she's like, I got it from Uncle Mike, or what? I don't know if that was his name, but she said Uncle and the guy's name. I'm gonna look it up. Um, and I was just like, it, was that her uncle? Did I miss that? Did I mean, I guess that makes sense because at this point it was a stranger who was like, yeah, take the car. It's a car. <laughs> well, I just, I, I mean, like, even if he's not her uncle, well, it yeah, he's like not a stranger, by, obviously, yeah. right? They, they had a, a rapport going, so I, I'm not. But if he was literally her uncle, that just makes it all the more oh, sensical yeah, for me. He's you listed know? as Uncle Hank in the thing. Hank. Um, yeah so i don't know maybe he's her literal uncle maybe he's um uh like one of those like family friends that you call uncle um i wonder if this is like her her dad's brother or i mean it seems pretty old he seems pretty old i would would guess great uncle at, at the very least but but again it's it's definitely kind of a take what you can get situation they called him uncle hank and so I, I just assumed that, like, he's obviously at least a family friend enough. Well, you this, know, unfortunately, whether or not what what her what his actual relationship is to her doesn't actually add anything to or detract from the film because he's just a guy uh, that she's friends with, basically right. that she gets a free car from. Absolutely. So she gets a she gets this car from him because he doesn't think it works, and. Uh, yeah, he just wants to like pay her back for you know being a nice kid, and it's her birthday and everything. So she gets this Volkswagen Beetle. She gets it driving. She gets it back to her garage, and she tr- is like fiddling around with it. And she accidentally activates this uh, beacon thing briefly, and uh, Shatter and Dropkick are the main Decepticons in this movie. Mm-hmm. And they're on like one of Saturn's moons, I believe. And they're interrogating Cliffjumper, who for some reason is on one of Saturn's moons. Right. And I don't know why he's there. It doesn't matter. It's very but enjoyable. The moment I saw him, I was like, oh, they're going to kill him. Because <laughs> Cliffjumper, ever since Transformers Prime, became the, the Transformer that you kill at the beginning of a story to show that the bad guys are serious. So as soon as I saw him there, I was like, oh, yeah, they're totally going to kill him. And they did. Because <laughs> uh, they pick up the beacon, they head to Earth. Um, they arrive on Earth, scan some. And they <laughs> there's like that that scene where like there's the the like the hillbilly woman and like the tra- you know the trailer park couple uh-huh. yelling about the car and everything. I thought that was the closest we came to um, like Michael Bay <laughs> stereotypes. You know, I get you. Yep. That was the closest we came, and thankfully it wasn't too bad. I was really right. waiting for it to get like way worse because if it was a Michael Bay thing, you know, if this was a Michael Bay movie, there probably would have been some uh, colorful metaphors. You know. Right, right. Now the the woman was somebody like I recognized her, uh, but I don't I don't remember I don't, from there. Li- I don't. If you know her name, these characters are listed in IMDb like just by their actual names. 
and not okay. like trailer park woman or anything like that yeah I, sadly i don't remember it was it was quick let me let me see if there's like a trailer park hillbilly name in here uh let's see uh Mm-mm. full cast party goer uh amber roy roy might have been the guy impatient guy okay yeah i don't know uh humvee driver now i'm getting into the voices of characters uh yeah again not Townie, not Yo-Yo Kid, uh, Howie. Not that big of a deal. Uh, anyway, where where was I? Oh yeah, so they there's like this mostly forgettable scene that's just there to, to explain how Shatter gets her vehicle mode, um, blows up some guy's car. Shatter right. and Dropkick get car modes, and then they scan some a jet and a helicopter, and they get flight modes. But they keep their car modes; so they become triple changers. So they um, are detected coming in by uh, the Sector 7 detects them. I don't remember who detects them. I think that's I how know. this... It's, anyway, so Agent Burns gets sent out. I don't know if Agent Burns is part of Sector 7. Like, I, I'm not, I didn't fully understand the relationship because, like, he's there when Bumblebee first arrives. But then this becomes, like, a Sector 7, like, operation, and I don't know he, why he's still involved if he's not right. also Sector 7. I, assu- I assumed that he was part of Sector 7 at that point. Yeah, you know, brought, it was, it was many in. years, many years after the the event, you know. But um, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I, I just like uh, – I actually thought John Cena – um, was a, an underused, fun character in the movie. I thought he was a very good character, at the risk of skipping ahead a little bit. Like, he was clearly a guy who, Agent Burns, was clearly a guy who was like, what was that? Sorry about that. My phone <laughs> made a noise. Anyway. <laughs> he was clearly a guy who has a sense of duty, you know, and right. wants to protect the planet, wants to protect his people. But he's also a very rational person. Um, and he understands like, um, this is, this is a thing that never happens in Transformers movies, but like his view of people can change as he learns more about them. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Again, (laughs) and that is is never like, if this was a Michael Bay movie, he would a hundred percent have been killed by Optimus Prime at the end of the movie. (laughs) Fair enough. Fair enough. But, uh, again, thankfully to to this movie's credit he was he was handled very well he mm-hmm. was he he was given the proper motivation when when bumblebee showed up bumblebee did some major damage to him and his people mm-hmm. you know um bumblebee specifically it wasn't even just like oh man you know the, this shit went down you know yeah. and so if that happened to you you would totally be like, okay, these creatures, not cool. Not gonna, not gonna deal with that. No, no. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? Uh, but then, like you said, then by, by the end of the film, again, skipping ahead, but by the end of the film, he, uh, he's like, okay, cool. I get it. Yeah. He gets the difference between good guys and bad guys. Right. He's, he's got that My, wonderful line. 
Yep, my favorite. My yeah. favorite line. He the, says, the like, they're, they're called Decepticons. Been, Doesn't that raise any flags? Right. Should be uttered in every single movie whenever the Decepticons, like, I'm shocked the Decepticons aren't smart enough <clears throat> to be like, yeah, we are the Autobots. We are the Truthicons. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> exactly. Just like we're obviously all speaking the same language. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, they have to know what it means. Right. Like, yep, we're the Decepticons. Decepticons. Why is this not raising more flags for more people? You know, it's probably one of those things where it's like, I don't get, I don't have to skip ahead when I do it. Um, it's one of those things where in the comics, <laughs> in the comics, the name comes from uh, Megatron's revolt against the corrupt Senate, in which uh-huh. they, they took that name because they wanted people to get their, their motto was you are being deceived. And so they were gotcha. trying to reveal the deception of the Senate. And then over millions of years, you know, you, you forget the meaning of things and stuff. And you're just like, sure. you know, you forget, like you announced to some new species that you're a Decepticon. And, and they're just like, it sounds like you're lying to me. <laughs> right. I like, feel no, like no, I'm no, being no. deceived. No, Actually, no, no, no. Listen, you don't understand. Look, look, four million years ago, there was this guy. All right. And he was like lying. He was telling lies. Right. So, you know, they're not going to buy that. <clears throat> right. So but, I'm going to skip ahead. Not, I'm not going to yeah. skip ahead, but I'm going to kind of speed it up a little bit. Yeah, please. <clears throat> so we go through a fairly long stint of uh, Charlie and Bumblebee hanging out and doing stuff. There's a part. Right. Like we get all of our pathos about um, Charlie and her dad died at one of her uh, big uh, swim meets and she never swam after that. And then she gets a chance to swim, but she doesn't. Um, Did he you know, die at the meet? I didn't, that, I didn't I thought, get that. Yeah, I thought he died like there was the video and then he died like moments after that. He had a heart oh, attack. That, maybe that could be. That could be. I thought that's what they said. Like he, so. he had the heart attack at the swim meet and then died of it. Uh-huh. Anyway, then there's this kid named Memo who's like uh, lives down the street from her and works in the same f- count, like uh, fairgrounds thing that she works in the right. stand. The hot dog stand. Right. And he wants to like be friends with her because he likes her because he sees her all the time. And then finally he gets, he sees Bumblebee. Um, oh, well, you know, we could talk a little bit about the scenes where she first realizes he can transform, you know, and who he is. Right. And those are very sweet. Um, they are. They're very fun. They're very nice. You know, it's uh, again, <laughs> you know, the, the stark contrast when, so when she gets Bumblebee home, like the first thing that happens is like a part of Bumblebee like falls on the ground, which is definitely MacGuffin-y. You know, that's <laughs> there. He was totally fine all that time, and then he's just like, "Uh, bleh, I dropped my arm. Oh shit!" <laughs> yeah, it wasn't <laughs> you know, clear like to me. That, it wasn't clear to me whether Bumblebee was actually conscious or not because it seems weird that like shining a flashlight on his like turned off face would wake him up or anything. Right. You know, or right. like more than like literally driving him around would. Right. You know, and so I don't know if he was I, like conscious and like was just like, you know, I'm tired of holding this thing. <laughs> I've been holding this thing up forever. No, but, you know, it, again, stark contrast between this and the Bay film. If it was the Bay film, it would have been like the girl bent over in front of him and all of a sudden he got a boner. And he's like, oh, no, the back end of my car jacked up. Yeah, yeah, probably would have fallen off a you know like a I mean? fart like, noise or something. Right, right, exactly. Like it would have been some kind of dick or fart joke. Which, I, let me be very clear, I I enjoy dick and fart jokes. 
but it, it doesn't need to be in in every single moment of everything that you do yeah bumblebee um, doesn't lubricate anybody in this movie right right there's none of that thankfully um they again they they just they do just a wonderful job of making a realistic character do real things but it's a car robot <laughs> you know it's there's this wonderful wonderful thing that happens where it magically is everything you need it to be <laughs> you know it, it, it's 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 wonderful and and up until now i assumed it was something that couldn't be done <laughs> yeah so uh, well, I, I always wanted to see like i've been saying ever since michael bay after the second movie when he said he's not coming back and then after the third <laughs> right. and the fourth and the fifth when he said he's not coming back oh i guess i'll come back for one more every single time he said he's coming back i thought once again, a missed opportunity to see what someone else could do with these characters, literally mm -hmm. anyone else. And it turns out it is possible to make a good Transformers movie. Yes, it is not even just possible. It has been done. It has been done. <laughs> so I, and done just so darn well. And, and maybe, you know, it's one of those, I'm not going to say it, but it's, it's just when you when you witness this, it's hard to know if it was so, so good. Now, obviously, the movie is good because it's getting praise from all over the place. Um, but is it to us? Is it so amazingly good or are our expectations just been beaten down so low that we've yes. just been like, oh, my God, this is not terrible. And I'm ecstatic. You know, that's one of the wonderful things about movies that people often forget is that it is possible for a movie to both be not great, but also personally enjoyable. Sure. And I, again, I, I go back to the first Transformers movie. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Up until now, I would go back to the first one and be like, you know, I, I like the Transformers. I want to see Transformers. So I'm going to watch the first Transformers movie. But now I don't have to. I now I don't have to. I can watch Bumblebee and feel some. But who's to say? Again, when we saw X-Men 1, you know, the very first X-Men movie in theaters, we were like, holy shit, they did it. They did it, guys. They brought superheroes to the big screen. Done. Nobody ever has to make another one. It was so perfect. <laughs> you know? Mm -hmm. uh, and and then just more and more and more and more and more happened when we're and, and then we're sitting there watching the Avengers fight aliens and we're like, holy shit. <laughs> and then further we're watching Groot and Rocket run around and you know, Thanos getting the infinity gauntlet and and you know it it, it boggles the mind how yeah, we even you... accepted that bullshit that happened in X-Men One. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly it's, but at the time we were so happy right we saw how many times i saw that in the theater like five times because it was going to be the great this is spider-man 2 that's another one it was I, like this is the greatest iteration of any and, superhero ever and i remember <laughs> I, I remember being um incredibly excited because i saw the trailer for that i think i saw like the episode the star wars episode one trailer and then not long after that, the X-Men trailer. And right. the internet was very slow back then. I was on a 56K modem. 
And it took, <laughs> it literally took hours of the trailer buffering before yep. I could watch it. I remember and, those days. And I was blown away by the trailer. Like I was, I could not wait to see this movie. And I watched the trailer like a year or two ago again. And it's a terrible trailer. Uh-huh. It doesn't really show it you is. anything. Nope. Um, <clears throat> but it's I, all we had. It was it's all, all we had. had. So to answer your question of, um, was this movie good or was this movie just enjoyable to us because the other ones were so bad? So like, was it good on an absolute scale or was it just good on a relative scale? Uh, the answer is yes. Good. It's, good. <laughs> it's both. We, we personally enjoyed it because, um, we, we had no expectations. Like the expectations right. were so low, but they were exceeded. So, yep. They were, they were rocked. Yep. And I'm just so happy. I'm so happy about it. <clears throat> Honestly, um, I went to go see. I I've been on vacation for for two weeks um, for the holidays, and I have seen three movies, and all three of those movies I enjoyed very much. Um, I, I, I two of them I think were ridiculously fantastic one of which being bumblebee the other being the spider-man into the spider-verse and and the third one i uh, my expectations were were met and i was happy with which was uh mary poppins returns so are you gonna go see mary poppins forever yeah you know you gotta but i'm not i'm not very happy with val kilmer as mary poppins let's just put it that way yeah it does seem like a weird choice to recast him after it's it's a a weird choice yeah it's so weird. So uh, there's a scene where Bumblebee, uh, Charlie and Memo leave for work and Bumblebee decides he's bored and he's going to like roam around the house, but he's a giant robot. So he basically, he literally destroys the inside of the house. Um, it's like a complete disaster. And then yep. Charlie comes home, then her mom comes home and, you know, they've been fighting and she blames Charlie for wrecking the entire house and Charlie just leaves. And then they get... Um, Charlie and Memo and Bumblebee get intercepted by Sector 7. Um, Bumblebee is captured. Um, Charlie and uh, Memo, I think, I forgot how they got, they got home, um, like, did they get, like, punched out or zapped out? I think they got electrocuted. Yeah, they got, they yeah, got, she got electrocuted. electrocuted wakes up that in was, her home. That was one of the many times that we just found her in bed. Yeah. <laughs> Awkwardly in bed, because the last scene, she was definitely not in bed. <laughs> So the the agents are telling her, Agent Burns is telling her parents that she's in a lot of trouble and she stole right. some government property and now her mom's really, really mad at her and she sneaks out to save Bumblebee from the Sector 7 base where they have been working with the Decepticons um, and that one guy, I don't remember that, that, uh, that one agent, the nerdy one, who's like, yeah, we definitely should give them access to everything. Right. There's no way that could go wrong. Never. Um, you know, they they basically gave the Decepticons access to all the satellites and everything, which I thought more would come of that. Honestly, like I thought they were going to like have some Easter eggs, like, oh, what are the Decepticons going to find out? Right. I mean, they had, they had enough stuff. I feel like they were just, you know, they're like, oh, they're making some sort of interconnected web. <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like okay okay i get it well they wouldn't even i mean like the the processors remember the first movie like oh modern processors were reverse engineered from megatron right yeah. oh look the decepticons gave us the internet right yeah. the worst thing they ever did for us 
Sons of bitches. Now we have Twitter. Sons of bitches. So yeah, so they find Bumblebee. Um, this is is this this is how they bring Bumblebee in, right? The Decepticons find him. I'm pretty. Yeah, sure. I think so. I'm pretty sure. So yeah, so then Sector Seven brings him in, and then Shatter and Dropkick are like torturing Bumblebee to get him to talk, but jokes on them, he can't talk. <laughs> right. Um. Then that uh, was also. I I got to get back to that for a quick second. Um, that was just dumb. The, <laughs> the the very beginning, you know, they had to do it because they're trying to keep that that continuity alive there. Um, but it was just dumb because like the guy's like, "You better tell me what you're doing here." Tell me what you're... You're not going to tell me? You're not going to tell me? Well, now I just took your voice away, so you literally can't tell me why you're here. I failed. Oh, boys. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I'm i very reactionary, and I... Ooh. Blitzwing maintains I, the... Uh, they are going to... They're going to ride me at work about this tomorrow. <laughs> this, is, this is just... It's very dumb. Right. He, he, he definitely maintains his personality of being extremely dumb and short-sighted. <laughs> um so anyway bumblebee they're gonna kill him uh but then i don't remember the so the other guy the girl breaks in and they um charlie and memo break in and the decepticons liquefy the agent guy and no they do so okay because this part was like very realistic too for me like they they don't break in and try to save the day because they're like that guy got liquefied you know there's the bumblebee is getting electrocuted and it's obviously overpowered. There's literally nothing that those two children could do mm-hmm. and they don't. And yeah, I yeah. liked that. Yeah. I liked that. They weren't like, I know go grab that super weapon and we'll fire it at them. Brilliant. You know, like they were just like, Oh fuck. Bumblebee's going to die. He's dead. We're pretty sure he's dead. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> like it was, again, it was just realistic. There was no like, you're not gonna do this thing, yeah, you baddie bad guys. They didn't run into the room just screaming at him like you right. killed Bumblebee. Because the baddie bad guys would what have told you say him. Like, <laughs> <clears throat> yeah, but totally. They totally would have killed them. And if they wouldn't have, everybody would have been like, Well, why didn't you just use that liquefying power power you obviously have used like fifty times in this movie <laughs> on the kids? That's dumb. So they just did the right thing and took them out of this situation and didn't allow for it to happen. <laughs> right. So just smart, uh, smart uh, filmmaking right there. So. Yeah. So they, they realize that they need to, they're going to send a signal to call more deceptive an, an army to earth to destroy it. And that's why the nerdy yeah. agent guy is, he's calling for backup and then they liquefy him. So right. He, Shatter- he finally is like, Oh guys. Oh shit. Guys. <laughs> You guys are never going to guess what I did. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> and everybody's so, like, You're, they're going to ruin everything? Oh, cool. Cool. That's what we thought would happen. <laughs> Asshole. So they leave. The Decepticons leave to go to a trans a tower, a radio tower, and they're going to send a message into space because they, they could do that. Right. Um, with a MacGuffin. Right. An egg MacGuffin. It's the 80s. It's... <laughs> So then, then Charlie and Memo go into where Bumblebee is, and Charlie like fixes him. Um, but then the rest of Sector Seven shows up, and there's like a brief fight where Bumblebee gets mad, and like his eyes turn red, and he starts like, and he gets his Bumblebee face on. Yep, you know, 
He didn't. He didn't have his bumblebee face before. It was just like cute little. I look like my action figure bumblebee. Now, and then he got his angry bumblebee face on. Yeah. One thing we forgot to mention is that bumblebee does not. He didn't just lose his voice. He lost his memory. Right. He has no clue why he's there. What's going on? Yeah. So, so there are times when like things like his battle mask and stuff activate as a reflex, and he doesn't know what's up with that. Right. And this is one of those times where his battle mask activates, and he's like, he goes into like a berserker mode. Right, and where he's he just like boom, 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 shooting like humans. Think, think Iron Giant, you know, mm-hmm. end of yeah, Iron Giant, exactly. where it's just like guns, boom, 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 boom. You know, he, he just switches into warrior mode and just kicks ass. Um, which uh, you know, tastefully, um, <laughs> Charlie is able to be like, "Whoa, dude, whoa, whoa." <laughs> um, One thing I loved is that. So they basically defeat all the humans. Hopefully it didn't kill any, but maybe. Um, and they're going to, Charlie and Bumblebee are going to go to the radio tower and stop the Decepticons. And Memo's like, I'm going to stay here and stall Agent Burns. Uh-huh. And, and I thought, how's he going to stall it? Is, are we going to do like one of those weird, uh, you know, nonsensical, like, like, oh, I don't even know. Like just some, some like situation he's going to make up and Agent Burns is going to be like some sort of idiot who has to go around. But he doesn't. He like, he goes like, stop. And they just drive right. past and him. And they drive right past him. It's, it's again, it makes sense. It, this movie does what no other, any movie with Michael Bay's name on it has ever done. John Turturro would have stopped sense right absolutely he would have he would have taken the time to stop and harass him because he's a fucking dick like that's his whole character is that he's a dick Mm -hmm. you know again john cena is a three-dimensional character that is like i am i you know we we gotta think this through competent human right yeah he's good at his job but not like overbearingly good or evil so anyway so this is where I'm going to just kind of gloss over some things. They go to the, uh, they go to the tower. It's at like a, a dock or like a dry dock. Uh, <clears throat> and there's a big fight. There's a big fight scene at the end. Uh, Bumblebee does some cool stuff, kills the one guy. Then he kills the other guy. And then um, I thought that, saves... that that chain death was awesome. It was because the guy I... was, the guy was just about to, like he was given his, uh, who's that drop kick? And he's just like, you think sure. this is going to get me? And then Bumblebee literally just shreds him. Kaboom! And just yanks the chain and it just blows him the shit up. And it was that moment of like, again, again, it's, it's not that. And it's, it's, this is hard for me because I love superheroes. I love them, but superheroes have that inane, ridiculous. I can't kill you because then I'm like you, but you're going to let Joker get out of, Arkham and murder people like bajillions of times. Like how many deaths are definitely on your head? Cause you could have just taken this fucker out. Um, so, I mean, they, you know, when he kills them, you're just, there's a, a moment of shock and they're like, it's a war. They're in a, they're in a war. This makes sense. Mm-hmm. You know, is, it's, it's, it it's this not the or... Superman bust the neck thing where it's like Superman is that character where he always finds a better way. This was yeah. like they they here are two warriors in a war. Yeah, kill them. <laughs> yeah. It's the only thing that makes sense in this situation. And it's and it's the choice of to you know kill these guys. And I'm sure Bumblebee has killed many Decepticons before. Sure. Um, it's kill these guys or risk an army coming to Earth and killing everyone. Right. Yeah. The stakes are high. 
Um, but yeah, so he, he, at one point, um, Burns is there in a helicopter, and I think a shatter shoots down the helicopter, and Bumblebee saves him. And that's when he realizes, oh, this guy's fighting to save us. Right. Oh, this guy saved my life. Again, a very sensical move, where he's just like, hey, that guy just risked himself to save me. I'll bet I can probably trust that he's on the side of good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. seeing as how he's right. fighting the other guys. <laughs> right. So anyway, so that's basically the end. He he lets uh, Charlie and Bumblebee get away right. um, before the rest of the army shows up. You know, he, he does one of those like, hey, you guys. And you're thinking, oh, no. And he's like, you better get out of here. It's like, oh, he's okay. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> I really should have done that during the credits or something. But, uh, but so, yeah, so it's... Uh, so that's basically the end of the movie. So now we've got like the epilogue area where right. um, there's the very disappointing part where we realize that for continuity reasons, Charlie and Bumblebee have to part ways. Yeah. Even though out of all of these movies, they are the best pair of human and Autobot to appear in any of these movies. For yep. continuity reasons, they have to part, even though there's like 20 years between now and when Bumblebee shows up at Sam's or at Bernie Mac's right. place. Now, I, I'm fingers crossed, fingers crossed, because they were so great and this movie has been so well received, they just join up again. And I, you know, and I'm really <laughs> hoping know? that it's like Worf in Star Trek movies where it's like at first they had a reason, but then after a while they're just like, hey, and uh, Worf's here. Right, exactly. Just like, oh, hey. <laughs> well, of course you're here. This is great. You know, uh, it'll, it'll, be, it'll be one of those things where they're, they're fighting and, and, and Bumblebee's like, I know someone who can help. <laughs> uh, so anyway, so they have to part ways because Bumblebee's got a lot to do. And so he scans uh, a 77 Camaro uh-huh. uh, and turns into that. And she's just like, you could have been a Camaro this whole time, which was a great, great line. Right. Um, <clears throat> and then he drives off um, next to a truck that looks suspiciously like Optimus Prime. Not suspiciously. Exactly. And. It's exact. It's definitely Optimus Prime. It is definitely Optimus Prime, <laughs> and it's when I when I was watching that scene, I was like, um, "Is that actually Optimus Prime?" Because the technical continuity is that Optimus Prime arrives on Earth twenty years later, yeah, right. from the first movie. So it's like, is that Optimus, or is that just a truck that looks like Optimus? Um, I guess it could technically not be Optimus, but in the mid credit scene. It's clear that Optimus is definitely right. on Earth. <laughs> With Bumblebee, so, and it's like, Bumblebee, good job. So maybe I'm so glad we had that drive together a little while ago. It's Maybe that's not Optimus, but that's the truck he scans. Think right. About, right. Think right. about that. Pat. Either way, doesn't matter. Um, Optimus is there. He's, and then they, you know, they look up and there's like more Autobots coming to Earth and everything. And I believe it's at this point that continuity just shatters entirely. And we have a new movie continuity because none of this makes sense anymore. Right. Because they are definitely all <laughs> arriving on Earth now uh, or, you know, in, in the 80s and not, uh, you know, whatever year it should have been. Well, technically, uh, so the first movie is 2007, right? The third movie shows that there were tra- there were Decepticons on Earth in the 60s. And the fifth movie shows that there were Autobots on Earth in the 40s. So, <laughs> right, right. Um, but and, never in and the Megatron 80s. was on Earth in like the 1800s, so <laughs> late 1800s. So it's like, right. who the hell knows at this point? Um, who cares? As long as they cares? just exactly. keep this shit up, 
Just do the do the right thing. Do the right thing. That's all I'm asking. Do the right thing. Keep this going. I don't care about your dumb continuity anymore. <laughs> Just keep this alive because it was so it's so refreshing to leave a movie happy. <laughs> Wasn't it a Transformers movie of all of all movies? Right, right. You know, it, it, it's just it was unexpected. Because again, when this, I, I I remember all of my emotions for this movie. It was, I don't care that that's coming out. It's going to be stupid. Uh, to I don't even remember that it was coming out. To Brian being like, dude, watch this trailer, and I'm like, I'll get to it. Because I'm not excited. You're a Transformers fan. I'm sure that's why you're excited. I'm happy for you. Whatever. And then I watched the trailer and I was like, oh, my God, that was Soundwave. <laughs> I, you know, I wasn't excited for the last night, the fifth movie. Uh-huh. I, n- not excited at all. I, when I saw it, right. I was just like, OK, well, thank God this is. Um, or, well, that movie ends on a cliffhanger, a very big cliffhanger. Um, spoiler <laughs> alert. I don't remember that. The earth is Unicron. Oh, that's right. That's... <laughs> <laughs> that is a very big cliffhanger to end on. And so, uh, that is a thread we're just not going to touch on anymore. Yeah. And then I was just like, oh shit, I don't want, I don't want this storyline. I don't want any of this. Why are we doing? And then they were like, well, good news, everyone. We canceled the entire, all the rest of the movies. Uh, Bumblebee's <laughs> already in production. So that one's still going to come out. And I was like, well, right. I don't want to see Bumblebee at all. I don't think we need a prequel movie. I don't care about any of this. Like prequel movies are already continuity headaches. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this movie, like this movie series ha- is nothing but continuity headaches. Like I don't want a prequel. And so I was very unexcited about Bumblebee until I saw the trailer. And then I was like, is it possible that they made Could a good one? Um, by the way, Pat, uh, it's um, Megan... Price is the name of the trailer park woman. She is on uh, Rules of Engagement and Grounded for Life. And, oh, okay. Uh, and she's on the Netflix show The Ranch. Fair in enough. Case, in case you're wondering. Fair enough. So anyway, <clears throat> very good movie. Very excited to either end this entire continuity or pick up from this movie again. I really don't care right. where they go. Yeah, at this point... The only reason I I want more is because they did such a good job. You know, if it's not that I feel like there's more stories they need to tell. (laughs) Uh, But if they do this more, my butt's going to be in the seats. Mm -hmm. So it's uh, it's an interesting place to to be (laughs) as a fan. I've been so hurt by almost every other thing that they've done that I'm so done with the franchise. But then they go and pull this where I'm like, well, I, I was serious. I was moved by this movie. I was enthralled. I, 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 I didn't want it to end at the end. I was like, Oh, just go on one more adventure. Get Soundwave there. Make him a tape player already. Come home. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Um, and I, I've never understood why they couldn't just do what they're doing right now. Like why, why have we wasted so much of our time with this other junk? Doesn't it really feel like we wasted time? 
It does. It does. Cause it's like, we've the, obviously we could have had this because we have it now. So if we could have just started here, cause this would have been the perfect way to, to dip the toe in, to be like, are people going to be interested in a live action transformers movie? Let's start small. We'll just have really one or two guys, you know, three. Okay. <laughs> you, you know, know I, I we'll thought give they a, started we'll give small. A hint. We'll give a hint. You know, I thought, you know, at the time I thought the first movie did start small when it was like, it's mostly Bumblebee. And then we're just going to add four more Autobots for the, like the main battle at the end, mm-hmm. you know, and then a handful of Decepticons who are basically, you know, cannon fodder. Right. But like, this was the correct, this is how the, it should have started. I would have been upset yeah. if this is how it started because I would have wanted more Transformers. But this is how it should have started. You know, looking back, this would have been the proper foundation. Right. Because now I just, I feel like I, the the world loved this movie. It's got great ticket sales. It's got great reviews. Everything about it is going swimmingly. Um, so, again, obviously it's a bankable way to go. <laughs> mm-hmm. And so the next step, like we're, we're now all introduced. We're all, we've all shaken hands. We know each other by our first names. <laughs> you know, we we're, we're all good with bright colored, not covered in shards of metal. <laughs> uh, characters that, that can stand on, the same merit that they stood on on Saturday morning, you know? And I do want to say that the, so the voice actors for the Transformers, there were only two scenes on Cybertron. Mm-hmm. Um, and they were fairly brief. It was just a couple of minutes total. Um, and then we get Optimus Prime at the end. Um, but the voice actors for these guys, um, it's an interesting group. It is a, um, it's a lot of veteran cartoon actors, but not, Mostly not the ones that played the characters originally. So you get um, Peter Cullen as Optimus Prime is the only one who's playing his actual character. Uh, Gray Griffin or Gray Delisle, she goes by either one, uh, voiced RC and she's been in a ton of cartoons like Danny Phantom and stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, Stephen Bloom uh, pl- was Wheeljack for his one line, and he plays uh, he played Starscream in Transformers Prime and Heatwave on Rescue Bots. There you go. So he's he's a big Transformers guy. Right. Very um, recognizable voice, if not for the character he was playing. Uh, David Sobolov plays Blitzwing, um, and he played, uh, shoot, what was his name? Depth Charge on Beast Wars. Okay. Uh, then he got John Bailey playing Shockwave right. and Soundwave, and of course he's he does um, Optimus Prime voice for various things. But not this. But not this, because they got Peter Cullen. It's Right. John Bailey is in a really weird situation where the majority of the time that he gets replaced, he gets replaced by Peter Cullen. Which is a good thing. Great thing. You know, so um, he does he does a very good Peter Cullen impression. Like, it's not like he's doing an Optimus Prime. He's he's focused, laser focused on giving us a decent uh, Peter Cullen Optimus Prime, you know, mm-hmm. so I, I'm always happy when when he's involved, if I can't have. Peter Cullen. And again, I'll, I'll say this. I didn't immediately know that it wasn't Frank Welker as Soundwave. Mm-hmm. Because you they know? put the... Right. They, they put the um, 
uh, vocoder on it. And, yep. and he does a, his shockwave also, um, which was not affected. It might have had a robot effect on it, but uh, not as affected as Soundwave. Does a very good... Um, uh, who the hell plays? Who, who used to play Soundwave? He does an, a, a very good impersonation of that guy, too. Shockwave, I mean. Who right. played Shockwave, Pat? I don't know, buddy. It's uh, it's famous. He's famous. Famous as a voice actor. Famous voice actor guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's the one. Um, Corey Burton. Oh, I know that name. Yeah. Anyway, the voice acting was great. Um, the acting was great. The casting was great. Um, it was a great movie. That's really where I want to leave it. Right. It so fantastic. If I loved it. for some reason you listen to this podcast and have not seen the movie. Do yourself a favor. Go see it. It's yeah. great. You won't be disappointed. I can almost guarantee it. I won't guarantee it, <laughs> but I'll almost guarantee it. I give this movie uh, five uh, AllSpark shards. I give it six Shia LaBeouf careers. <laughs> <laughs> Which, six. as we all know, <clears throat> means nothing. <laughs> five Shia LaBeouf knows. No, 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 no. <laughs> And one Optima. Uh, one thing that I hope they keep in this continuity is that his character died off screen. <laughs> Shia LaBeouf. Yeah, his character. Is that yeah, true? Yeah, in the in the fifth. I didn't mo- in, know he died off screen. Yeah, in the That's in hilarious. In the last in uh, the last night when um, Anthony Hopkins is explaining like the history of people who worked with the Transformers and stuff that shows a like a uh, a picture of Shia LaBeouf and he looks like he just got out of bed and it says deceased. I had no idea. That is a little sad, a little hilarious. <laughs> and uh, and just, you know, on par for our good, uh, for, for a friend of the show, Shia LaBeouf. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he, is, he is absolutely not a friend of the show. Um but let's let's tag him in this because he'll he'll come on the show. He's that he's at that level. I don't think. Um, <laughs> I don't think we want that. Uh, <laughs> anyway, um, but seriously, just just a, a a a breath of fresh air after being in Michael Bay's trunk with Megan Fox's career. <laughs> It's. Um, I just looked it up. the The picture is from his eBay profile, from the first movie. Ladies man, eight Lady, one. Blah, blah, ladies blah, blah, man, two one seven. Two one seven. That's, that's the closest people got as to why Bumblebee is B one two seven. But I oh, don't think that. Uh, oh no! I, I doubt it has anything to do with anything. Yeah, I don't think so. <laughs> but good try, folks. Good try. Keep 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 them coming. Keep them coming. You're wrong, but keep them coming. <laughs> <laughs> yeah i'm sorry it doesn't say deceased it says that um he shows them and he says that anthony hopkins character says that he's the last surviving member of the order meaning everybody else is dead obviously that's what that means oh so Labouf is live no he's dead anthony hopkins is the last survivor oh so it doesn't explicitly say that he died it just implies because just Anthony Hopkins not. is the last one. Yeah. And they, they lump him in there with being one. So. Yeah. The Fair Order enough. of the Wit Wiccans. It, that movie was terrible. Oh, God. 
They killed Hitler. Did you know that? They killed yeah. Hitler with a pocket watch that was an Autobot. <laughs> so bad. So also, bad. Beethoven, Catherine the Great, Winston Churchill, Copernicus, Darwin, Frederick Douglass, uh, Einstein, Elizabeth I, Galileo, Stephen Hawking, uh, Henry V, uh, Abraham Lincoln, Michelangelo, Mozart, Isaac Newton, Teddy Roosevelt, Shakespeare, uh, Tesla, Harriet Tubman, Queen Victoria, Leonardo da Vinci, George Washington, and the Wright brothers were also members of this uh, order. All, all people who have not been in my kitchen. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh. Anyway, let's stop this podcast. Go let's see the movie. Stop listening it. to us. Go Come see on. The movie. Go see the movie. All right, all right everybody. Roll out. Till, till next time. You do it. That I, had was the, better. I had the better ending. You did. Do it again. Roll out. Was it, I was better the first time. See, we we missed the the moment had passed. Yeah, you know, show's right. over.